a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI. And he's going to do it. Bridges is a happy guy as he pounds the ball. The crowd not at all happy and you can't blame him. They came here to have a good time. They did for the first half. They didn't after that. That's the end of the ballgame. The final score of the Brooklyn Nets, 115. Brooklyn, 115. Boston, 105. Yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly on Causeway Street last night. Welcome in Sports Radio, WEEI, Boston Sports Original. It's me, Arcand, here. A Boston Original on Boston Sports Original. And uh, that was original. I mean, that was awful last night. That was awful. A really awful loss. Might be the worst. Was that the worst loss of the year, Stis? It's up there. It's up there. When that's, you know, we are, we were up by 30 in like the first half. 28, something Tw- like a that. A 28-point lead. It was 28, by the way, Joe Missoula. Missoula, after the game, he's like, oh, it was 24-point. We'll go play that sound a little bit. But, yeah, Missoula's like, ah, that's nothing. Like, no, that's something. <laughs> you blew a major lead there, guy. Like, that was something. Let's not let's not hand wave that away like that didn't happen. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, I mean, listen, that guy is considered a wing defender specialist, right? That was that's the best that they could do for Durant out there in Brooklyn because you know teams were thinking like I'm not I'm not going I'm not going above and beyond for this guy who's first of all injured right now and uh, that was the best that they could get was Bridges and I'll tell you what Bridges killed him last night <laughs> Bridges 38 points what did Jason Jason Tatum finish with 22 points on 23 shots I don't know why but I thought it's his birthday he's gonna go off I don't know why I thought that. That's such a weird thing to think. Like, oh, it's his birthday. Of course he's going to have a good game. Like, why? What does that matter? <laughs> it's just, it's a game on the schedule. Is he going to play well or not? Newsflash, he didn't. Bridges locked him up uh, completely. I mean, that was that was brutal. And you know when things started to unravel for the Celtics in that game? When they lost the lead in the third quarter, I want to say? They had already sort of blown the lead. Like, they were up by so much, and then they cut it down. They cut it in half. They were only up by, like, 14 or 15. And then right towards the end of the half, there was that awful play where uh, they tried to uh, trap Bridges, and he goes and flips it over his head, or Dinwiddie flipped it to Bridges, and they laid it up. And by the end of the half, you're looking at it going, wait a minute, they're only down like five or six points. What is this? What's happening here? Uh, The uh, Nets outscored him 40-27 to in the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, it just got worse. But when things really went haywire was when Marcus Smart got that tech. I think they lost the lead. Maybe a minute or two after that. They didn't lose it right after that, but it was on the precipice of happening. And listen, and maybe it would have happened anyway. But on the play, uh, I think Tatum takes it in, gets blocked. And Claxton starts going the other way, and Smart tries to uh, reach in and steal it. So Claxton's dribbling up the court. He's still in the in his own side of the court, and he's dribbling up, which I understand why Smart tried to lunge for him. It's a big man dribbling up the court. Of course you want to try and steal the ball from him. Fine. Uh, but he lunges at him, makes body contact, Bridges goes flying, the ball goes out of bounds, Smart falls down, and now Smart's down on the ground, he's writhing in pain, and I guess he did catch an elbow, but he lunged at Claxton, he initiated the contact, so he's down on the ground, oh my fan, I can't believe it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he gets up, no call, and they call the foul on him, they take him out of the game, he's on the bench, just letting the ref have it, for, I don't know, a minute after the after he'd already subbed out. And he gets teed up. And I don't know. I'm not going to say that that was the reason why they lost the game or anything. But 
I could tell right then. I was like, this is this is going in a bad direction. This They're going to lose this game. I sort of thought that right then, right at that moment, as I was watching Smart on the bench. Because they were frustrated. Uh, they were, I mean, you could say they weren't getting calls, but it, Smart didn't deserve that call. Marcus Smart didn't deserve that call at all. He lunged for the ball. Claxton was just going up the court, and, you know, he made contact with him. Don't lunge for the ball. <laughs> like, that wasn't Claxton's fault. And then he won't let it go. He's going on and on with the referee until finally they teed him up, and that was it. Um, I'll tell you what. Speaking of someone who was recently booed on his own birthday, <laughs> it was over at Sullivan's Tap by my co-host, Megan Adelini. Um, someone who was uh, booed recently. It's no fun. No fun getting booed on your birthday. Oh, happy belated. Thank you. It was like January, but whatever. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a while ago. Either way, um, oh, that was the night I was supposed to see you, I think. Yeah, where we say yeah, we were supposed to connect that night. Yeah, that was when Celtics took on uh, New Orleans. That's right. So where after the game we went over to Sullivan's, and that's when all the you know the pool playing and everything happened. And uh, yeah, I was we were supposed to meet up before the game, but we ended up going out afterwards instead. And so I got bang, I got a little booed, and it doesn't feel good. You know, you're sitting there going, "Hey, it's my special day," and you you barbarians are in the crowd. You know, you're you're heckling me on my special day. And I'll tell you what, that was not a special day for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, boy, that was uh, that was an ugly one for him, too. I can't believe the Nets finally beat them. After trading away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like, they could not do it. It was just, it was out of the question. Every time the Celtics saw them, every time they saw Durant or Kyrie, they said, we're cruising to a win over this team. Playoff game, regular season game, Brooklyn, Boston, doesn't matter where. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, Claxton Bridges, and I don't even know, Cam Johnson, that guy who had all those 40-point games right after the trade, he had 20 points last night, uh, come into TD Garden and take care of business. Jason Tatum, 22 points on 23 shots, 0 for 7 from 3, was a minus 19. Um, Jalen Brown had 35 points, which sounds good until you realize he took 27 shots. Uh, he was a minus 11. And Derek White played well but missed all his threes. He had 16 points off the bench. Other than that, Smart was fine. 13-8 and eight for him. Williams and Horford were kind of not there. And Grant Williams got in the game after getting benched. He got in the game and contributed a single point. Single point and three fouls, two turnovers. Celtics turned it over 19 times. Listen. There was a lot that was made about comments and discussion that we had. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it must have been yesterday on the air. Jones posited the question. He said, how come the Celtics aren't having a magical season like the Bruins are? And that people on Twitter were so mad about that. So what do you mean? They're 45 and 18, whatever they are, 45 and 19 now, but at the time it was 45 and 18. What do you mean? They've been the best team all year, and they just got knocked out of first place, and what are you talking about? They're good. What do you mean? I'll tell you what he means. It's pretty obvious what he means. It's like people go out of their way to, like, misinterpret these things. It's sort of, I think the question here is, why are the Bruins so good when everybody thought that this is what the Celtics were going to be. I thought the Celtics were going to steamroll everybody this year. And they're not. They're good. They're about as good a team as there is in the NBA right now. But they're not. It doesn't seem like a special team like the Bruins are. 
And I think going into the season, a lot of people expected the Celtics to be that. And I, I did. I thought that they would. They were in the finals last year. I expected them to be a good team. And listen, they have been. Up until recently, I think they have met all my expectations. The start they got off to was great. Uh, they played very well after that even. It wasn't quite uh, that same pace. You know, they're not going to win 73 games here. I think the most they can possibly win is like 64. Um, but whatever. I mean, like that's... Again, sort of subjective year to year. Who wins the most game? I remember in 2017, I want to say, like, the Rockets, Harden and the Rockets won 65 games. Who cares? Like, that doesn't really matter. But sometimes a team has a really special season, regular season, continues to blast through the playoffs. And you remember, if you're around in 86, I mean, that was Celtics lost one game on the way to the finals in 86. And they had a great regular season. These Celtics are having a fine regular season. But it's not a special one like the Bruins. That's fair. That's a fair comment to make. Um, What's different between the two teams is that the Bruins are basically unstoppable. There's not one team in the NHL that you can look at and say, that's a team the Bruins really have to worry about. I guess it was like maybe the Kraken for a while. Like, oh, yeah, watch out for the Kraken, but no one cares about the Kraken. (laughs) Um, You're not going to face them in the Stanley Cup Finals or anything like that. So really, I mean, the Bruins don't have much in the way of competition. Uh, the Bruins also haven't had a target on their back all year. And these are all things I said when we were talking about it. Uh, the Celtics, starting the year off, had a giant target on their back. You got to go through the Celtics if you want to take the East. You got to go through the Oh, we got we got the Celtics this week? Okay. Western Conference teams, you're John Morant say it. And I'll get to him in just a second, by the way. Holy mother of God. John Morant, that guy's... If you missed his IG story this morning, <laughs> he's already been suspended for it. So uh, we'll get to him in just a minute because I'll tell you what. Things may not be perfect here with the Celtics, but it's better than what's going on with John Morant, that's for sure. Uh, at any rate, with the Celtics and an MVP candidate, a guy who, Jalen Brown, who I think is going to be All-NBA this year, he's not going to be a legitimate MVP candidate, but he will be All-NBA, and who I also think is better than Devin Booker. We had this argument, too. Jones thinks that Booker Durant's better than Tatum Brown, and I think that both Tatum and Brown are better than, uh, I think Tatum's better than Durant, and I think Brown at this point is better than Booker. I do. Look at their numbers. It's almost exactly identical. And Booker has the same numbers as Brown while being what all year until recently being the primary scorer on that team. Okay, so Jalen Brown's been the secondary guy this, uh, this whole career, really. I mean, but he's been the secondary guy this year for sure, and he's putting up the same numbers as Booker, the primary guy. That makes, in my mind, Brown better. And he's a more well-rounded player, I think. Booker's just a scorer. Uh, that being said, you look at these Celtics, you look at the depth that they have. You look at their roster. I've heard people say this is the deepest Celtics team ever. The deepest one of all time. And, you know, if you think about it, people at 86, they, oh, they were so deep. They had Walton. That's about it. I mean, unless you're a big Scott Wedman fan or a big fan of Greg Kite or, you know, Jerry Seasting, and no disrespect to any of those guys, but, like, when you looked at them, were you like, oh, wow, the Celtics are so deep? Like, no, he looked at Walton and said, oh, yeah, they got Walton coming in, and he can spell either uh, Parrish or McHale and, uh, and and keep the big thing going there. And that was great, obviously. Walton was awesome that year. But that was kind of all the depth that they had, you know what I mean? Like, that was it. They didn't have much depth beyond that. Uh, the Celtics, the 08 Celtics reasonably deep team, but their depth was all old guys. Like, their depth was P.J. Brown and Sam Cassell, and I guess Posey wasn't old, old at the time, but he was not young either. And, like, you know, it was just sort of an older team. And I guess they were deep, but they weren't, you know. Posey was your sixth man. And I'm not sure Posey was a starter on a ton of teams in the NBA that year. Maybe he could have been, but, like, 
you know, he's not some guy who is going to be. He's not uh, Malcolm Brogdon. He's certainly not Malcolm Brogdon or Derek White, one of those guys. Brogdon and White would certainly be starting on any other team. And some say maybe even should be starting on this team. Derek White not starting on this team is it tells you that there's an embarrassment of riches at certain positions here on the Celtics, and that's a fact. But the fact that they're not the best team in the NBA anymore, they're not. They're a full game now behind Milwaukee, and I think have the same record as the Nuggets. So they're on pace with Denver. They're a full game behind Milwaukee. And lately, they just haven't looked like that same kind of team. And I was thinking about it. Why did it seem like last year when they were really hot, like they were a special team like this Bruins team is right now? Because that's sort of how I felt about the team. After the Derek White trade is really when it kind of clicked last year. After they traded Richardson and those guys and brought in Derek White, and the Celtics went on this crazy run to close out the season and, uh, and into the playoffs, what was it that made them that special? Was it... Was it white? Not really. What was it? It was their defense. That's sort of how I remember it. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe other people look at it differently. But I remember that team just uh, suffocating every team that they played like a like a boa constrictor. Um, games would be over in the third quarter, and the Celtics wouldn't let these teams back in. That team last year with a 30-point lead in the second quarter wasn't giving that lead up. That wasn't happening. You had you had the G League in there by the fourth quarter. It was garbage time by then. Uh, you could rest your guys. You didn't need to play Tatum so much. You didn't need to play Brown so much because these games were over. Now, that didn't stop Tatum, Tatum from getting burned out last year, so maybe it doesn't matter. But that was the big difference. That's sort of the difference that I look at now. And that's not to say that this Celtics team isn't good defensively. Sure they are. I think they're a top five defensive rating team. They're the only team in the league that's top five in both offensive and defensive rating. I can tell you that for sure. Um, but it's not a special defense anymore. You know, it's just, it isn't. And that's, again, not to say that they're bad. But they're kind of, you know, on the better side, but kind of a middle of the right. You know, their defense is fine. It's fine. It's not great. It's fine. Their offense is great when they're hitting their shots. But when they're not, they don't have that ability that I feel like they had last year to even on a bad shooting night, even on a night where Jason Tatum's worried about his birthday party and isn't, you know, can't make a shot, they'd still win. You feel comfortable that they would still win. You'd be confident about that. Watching those games and watching that team just smother these opponents. And it didn't matter who it was, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Heat, the whoever. It didn't matter. Uh, Detroit, Orlando, like the random teams that give them trouble this year. None of that was happening last year. Once they hit their stride, they were they were unmovable. And I don't feel the same way about this year's team. I just don't. And I think that that's sort of a fair way to look at it. Like, we very recently saw this team look special. And at the very beginning of this year, they looked special. Since then, they haven't looked special. Now, that doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean they can't win the championship. I still think they should be there, and I still think they will be there. Although, I'll tell you what. The fact that Milwaukee was able to keep pace with them all this time without Middleton for three quarters of the season so far, that should scare you a little bit. That should scare you. Uh, and not the same way maybe it did uh, last year when uh, when the Celtics beat them in seven games and Middleton didn't play and you thought, oh, boy, you know, if Middleton played, maybe they would have lost. And I know people are tired of hearing that, and I'm tired of saying it. But now Middleton's back. And without him, they were right on your tail. And now with him, they've passed you. So you tell me. 
<laughs> okay? I mean, you tell me how crazy that sounds now. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. I see your phone calls lining up. I will get to your phone calls right after trending. And uh, also, we'll, uh, we'll hear from Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon, who talked with Kevin Durant and not Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Uh, we'll hear from him what he uh, has to say about this team and its culture. And we'll thank our lucky stars that we have stars like uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and not total freaking lunatics like John Morant. So uh, that's all coming up right after trending here with this. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. It was a rough night for the Celtics last night as they fell to the Nets at home, 115 to 105. The Seas led by as much as 28 in the first half, but were outscored by Brooklyn 92 to 54 in the second half. Jalen Brown led the team with 35 points, and Robert Williams left the game with right hamstring tightness. The Celtics are back at it tomorrow night, taking on the Knicks tip-off at 7:30. The Bruins had a matinee game today against the Rangers. Puck dropped at 1 p.m. That game just wrapped up. The Bruins beat New York 4-2 here at home. Goals by Coyle, Noshek, Pasta, and Bergeron. The Red Sox continued their spring training games today, taking on the Astros down in Fort Myers. Joe Castiglione and Brad Foe were on the call. That game ended in a 4-4 tie, making the Red Sox undefeated as spring training rolls along. And in the NFL, according to Josina Anderson, the Ravens and quarterback Lamar Jackson are not close to agreeing on a long-term extension. Baltimore reportedly has their best offer on the table, and the franchise tag deadline is this Tuesday. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Christian Arcan on WEEI. Honestly, I think it starts with JT and JB. The dudes are just like, they're just not high maintenance. You know yeah. what I'm they set the tone, but they don't set it with ego. Right. They set it like trying to be inclusive, trying to do stuff together. Like when we have team events, people have dinners for their foundations, everybody shows up. Okay. I've never been on a team like that. Okay. So like the stuff off the court, it bleeds yeah. onto the stuff on the court. That's you know? what's up. So people are connected, like you said. I think that is the, that's the oh, that's lit. It's just dope. Well, like when... We did that when we was here. Yeah, I was about dance to say like you talking about. Yeah, I feel like man, I feel like <laughs> culture. The word culture is used so much; it's Facts. overused, and there are very few teams that actually have culture. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. And this is one of the few organizations I think, from the top down, has a good culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Very much so. So it's dope to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking about all the options. What, what made Boston stand out just because of that? Man, the winning. The way, there's a pedigree here, you know what I'm saying, that y'all laid the foundation for, and everybody wants to be a part of that. Like, no matter who you ask, people want to be a part of that. If you have the opportunity to go to Boston, go to Boston. Facts. This is Malcolm Brogdon talking with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. It's Christian Arkin here with you it's for that Showtime NBA show. And I was listening to that. My first thought was, well, all that winning. Yeah, I mean, that winning was 15 years ago, but whatever. And they did set a Garnett and Pierce and all that for the time that they played. They maybe could have won another one. I feel like they maybe just getting the one there for that group wasn't enough, but whatever. It was a great year. I'd say the foundation of winning here in Boston was maybe set a little bit before Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce came around, but that's just me. <laughs> you know, so they did a little bit of winning before those guys, if you recall. Um, but... What you also heard there was uh, Brogdon, who's been on a few teams now, saying, I've never been on a team like this. 
Uh, it's Jalen Brown. It's Jason Tatum. They set the tone, and they're very low maintenance. They're very inclusive, and everybody does everything together. If someone's foundation has a dinner or a party or something like that, everyone goes. He says, I've never been in a team like that before. And I was listening to that, and I was thinking, man, that's cool. You know, that's a that's a cool thing. Um, that that paints them in a in a good light. Not that they were in a bad one. Then he starts going on. Well, everybody wants to come to Boston. Like, mm, do they? <laughs> Does everyone want to come to Boston? Like, I don't know about that. I've heard some players say some things about Boston. Made it seem like maybe they wouldn't want to come here. Like maybe that's right there at the top of their no trade list. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in Boston. I'd rather go anywhere else. Um, Kyrie didn't really like it too much in Boston. Um, and there's other examples, but again, like the, the main thing to take away from that is that this group has a good thing going on right now. And I agree that they do. Um, it seems like they're playing for each other. It seems like Brown and Tatum are pretty good leaders considering their age. Uh, they've been able to make this work with a new coach. And for most of the year up until recently, they've been the best team in the league. And I'd still say they're, you know, 1A or 1B to to Milwaukee. And that's nothing to be upset about. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Certainly not. But it does sort of beg the question, like, well, okay, there's one team in town that's having a magical year. And if you ask before the season which of these two teams would it be, you'd say, oh, yeah, it'd be the Celtics, of course. And they've been a little short of that. Okay, that's all. Just a little short of being a special team. And then if they win a championship, none of this matters, obviously. If they win a championship, they're a special team, and that's it. And if they have a great regular season and then losing the playoffs or losing the finals, then they're not a special team anyway. It really all just comes down to winning the title, doesn't it? Like, that's really what it's all about. You can have the best, most magical 73-9 and regular season ever. And, you know, even though that team lost, that Golden State team lost, you still sort of consider them a special team, right? It's because they won the year before and then the year after that. But really, I mean, it's just 73 wins is ridiculous. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, by the way, there's someone on uh, the text line right now who's convinced that I am Adam Jones. I am not Adam Jones. Uh, Jones is on Monday through Friday. They stick me here on Saturdays to get me away from him one day a week. It's uh, it's like a, uh, what do you call that? Like a, um, <laughs> uh, it, it's like a penance, you know? It's like a penance for me. One one day on the air away from away from Jones and Mego is really all a guy could want. <laughs> um, but I'm not Jones. By the way, a lot of people say that Jones sounds like mutt. Every every day on the Twitch chat and on the text line, people say, oh, this Jones, he sounds just like mutt, only he hates everything. He does hate everything, that's true. But do you think he sounds like mutt's this? I could see where I could see how some people would say that. I've never I've worked with both of them. Obviously, I worked with Jones for a lot longer, but I worked with both of them, and that never even once crossed my mind. Never crossed mine, but now that now that I heard it, you know, and I, I could kind of put it together. I think Mud has a totally different sound from Adam Jones. I do. I don't think that I don't think that they have the same pacing. I don't think they have the same pitch. I don't know where this is coming from. I re- I honestly have no idea. But then again, people used to think I sounded just like Chris Villani back in the day, and Chris Villani and I sound nothing like. You know what I think it is? 
people just hear a voice in a certain time slot and they just associate it all together. That could be it too. You know, Velani and I were doing. I'm still doing weekends, but like we were doing weekends back in the day and like Red Sox review and stuff like that. And you know, it would be a voice that you heard. Ah, it wasn't completely different. It wasn't like me and you were like you know me and like Danny Picard or something like that or Billy Lanny or one of these guys. Uh, you know, it's close enough. And if it's close enough, you just sort of say, yeah, yeah, same thing. But I don't think they sound alike. I think people who say that are nuts. Uh, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. We're reacting to a brutal loss by the Celtics last night. Um, but I'll tell you this. As as bad as that was and as shaky as things have looked lately, and when I say shaky, I mean they've won seven of their last ten, so it's not that bad. But even some of these wins haven't been pretty. Um, at least they're not the Memphis Grizzlies. And whatever the hell is going on with that with John Morant. If you don't know, two stories about John Morant came out, and one of them I feel like was an old one with new details that were sort of added recently. Uh, I guess John Morant was at his house, like, having pickup games and having people come over and play pickup ball at his house. And one of them was some teenage kid, 17-year-old teenage kid who got up in his face, and I don't know if there was a hard foul or he checked the ball too hard or something like that or whatever. And Morant... Clocks the kid in the face. <laughs> a 17-year-old. Uh, and before he did it, he told his dad, should I do it? And they were like, yeah, do it. And he's like, all right. And he punched the kid. And then he goes in his house, comes out, starts waving a gun around. Allegedly. Then another story comes out about Morant beating up a mall security guard or something. <laughs> John Morant squaring off with Paul Blart, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what the genesis of all that was either, but another story that sort of hit the hit the wire right around the same time. And everyone's going, what is going on with John Morant? And what does John Morant do in the midst of all the scrutiny and all these eyes on him? He goes on Instagram Live late last night, and he's in a strip club, which, whatever. Not the first guy in the NBA to go to a strip club, I'd imagine. But he's in the strip club waving a pistol around. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? John Morant, by the way, like, went to private school. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he's not. I don't. It just sort of seems like he's really overcompensating for something. Like, like someone called him a name or whatever, and he's like, I'm not. I'm not a punk. Like, you know, like, it seems like he's really trying to show people that he's tough. And, you know, to the he's been suspended for two games. He's out for the next two games and maybe more than that. And that's just based off the video. We'll see what happens with this kid he punched, allegedly, and this uh, Paul Blart that he roughed up at the mall, allegedly. But this thing with the video, that's not allegedly. This is a deep fake. I don't think so. I don't think that was a deep fake. I think that was John Moran in the strip club waving a gun around, which, I don't know, maybe not something you want to do when you just got a new shoe coming out and you're the, one of the faces of the NBA and one of the rising stars in the league. One of the most popular players in the league, too. I love watching John Morant play. He's really fun to watch. Uh, he's he's really exciting and athletic, and he dunks on people. He's just he's a fun guy to watch. But he needs to he needs to relax. This guy is off the rails. Um, and I was just sort of thinking, like, he's that whole team. He's that whole franchise. He's the whole organization. They got other players who are okay. Uh, Triple J, I like uh, Desmond Bain. I like good shooter. But he's the team. Like, that team, you take him away from it, that team's nothing. That team's a lottery team. That team's the Pistons or the Magic, <laughs> both of whom have given the Celtics tough times this year. But that's neither here nor there. And he's in the middle of, like, this uh, thing that he's already in, 
in the middle of all this controversy is out in the cl- out in the club waving guns around? Again, it's fine being in the club. Everybody's in the club. But when you're taping yourself with a gun in your hand, like, what do you think is going to happen? You hate to see it, too. It's like sometimes, you know, you got these young kids that, you know, they come from, like, inner cities. You give them millions of dollars. And you know how it is with the culture, you know, like the hip-hop culture. I and guess. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, I don't I don't know enough about John Mar- I know that <laughs> I know that he's a guy that at this point in his, should have people around him saying, man, go go out if you want to. But what are you doing carrying a gun around? You security guard, you can afford you can afford a team of security guards to surround you at all times. Maybe, you know, they move aside to let the strippers in, but like they surround you at all times and they all have guns and you don't have to have one. That's the great thing about being rich, I'd imagine. Is that when you go out you can afford that. You don't have to you don't have to be holding anything. You can just you know what I mean? Like it's all it's all good. Um but no, Ja Ja wants it the other way. And I'll tell you what. If that was going on, I can't even imagine. Oh, I can't even imagine. If that was Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, one of those guys doing that, oh, brother. Or, you know, anybody. I mean, that's that's the type of thing you look at and go, holy moly. You see Mac Jones in the club with a guy, I'd be like, what? what is going on with this guy? What's wrong with him? What's happening? And then the next thing I'd be thinking is, what do we do? We've put everything into this. Like, the Celtics have put everything into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown this season and being the future uh, beyond this. They want him there for a long time. The Memphis Grizzlies, they are all about John Morant. And he's starting to look like a bad investment. I'll tell you that. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I mean, my God. I'd say they're all on the same sort of level in terms of, like, players in the NBA. They're all top-tier NBA players. But I'm a lot more confident in their futures than I'm in John Morant's right now. I'll tell you that. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. Down in Memphis, too. <laughs> you know, like, careful there, man. Uh, let's go to the phones, talk to Jonathan, who is in Randolph. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, hey, Christian. Um, yeah, with the John Morant uh, drama, that kind of puts a few things that I was going to touch on in perspective. Because I, um, I, I'm calling because it's – I think the Celtics right now um, – you can't question or deny that their talent and their ceiling and all that, that's been established. But I think, honestly, and besides the early preseason, early season Jalen Brown stuff, which I won't get into, mm-hmm. this team is just kind of acting largely unlikable to watch. And I'm not saying they deserve to lose or whatever, or Tatum's a bad person or whatever. He might be a great person. I don't know. But they're kind of becoming unlikable and I think a bit smug. And with the Milwaukee um, Bucks, and I know that team has Grayson Allen on it, so it's like you know, I, I'm you know. <laughs> Don't get less likable uh, than Grayson Allen, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but with guys like Giannis and Chris Milton, who have who Giannis, I don't know them personally, obviously, but seems like head on his shoulders, and also most importantly for the sport, has a champion, a proven championship pedigree. Right. I think when it comes down to it, with these factors that are making the Celtics kind of unlikable, that will translate to. The poor play, sloppy play, being frustrated, complaining to the refs, and that's going to really, really hurt them against a championship pedigree team like the Milwaukee Bucks if they match up, which, frankly, I think is almost inevitable unless the Celtics really choke. So I, I'm, I wouldn't be, I'm not saying the sky is falling to the Celtics at all, but I'm saying there's room for a lot of concern if they don't change some stuff around 
moving forward a bit. Jonathan, um, uh, thank you for really the call. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for checking in, and uh, thanks for thanks for calling. Um, I don't know. It's unlikable, the right word. I'll say this. Since the All-Star break, they've seemed a little different. Seemed a little different. I wouldn't think that. I, I wouldn't say that they've been unlikable. I still like watching them. Um, some of these games have been a bit of a struggle lately. That Cavs game was fun. Like that was a fun game. Tatum and Mitchell going back and forth like that. Like I enjoyed that. Uh, that Knicks game was embarrassing. What else? Oh, they had that uh, great finish against Philly. That was that was a good that was a good product to watch there. Um, they had to go to overtime to beat the Pacers, which wasn't great. They did lose to Milwaukee, and now they've had they've had some ups and downs here since the break. And that was an all-star break that was really all about the Celtics, wasn't it? That was a very Celtic-centric all-star break. And not just because, you know, for three plays in a row, every all their teammates just stood off to the side and watched Tatum and Brown play one-on-one. <laughs> I wonder what the rest of those guys were thinking when they were standing there. Like, man, I finally made it. I'm in the all-star game. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, here I am. And I'm just standing here watching these guys, literally watching these guys play one on one. That must have been after like the third possession. They must have been like, you know, can we just can we can I have the ball? Hey, Jalen. <laughs> hey, Tatum, over here. No one, no one's guarding me. <laughs> All right, he's going one on one again. Yeah, whatever. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Let's try Steve in the truck. Hey, Steve. John Can, how are you, buddy? What's up? How you doing? This is Friday, Steve. Steve with the truck. Remember me? Of course. How you doing, buddy? Listen. I'm doing good. How come you haven't dropped any food off for us lately, Steve? Well, I haven't had any time to get off of work, That's but okay. I will be here. I got some vacation time. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I will take care of you again. Um, this, this kid doesn't, obviously doesn't know the law. It's illegal to carry a firearm, loaded or unloaded, in any kind of establishment that serves liquor, unless you're an officer of the law. So that's one. And if I'm the, if I'm either the owner or the general manager of that team, I don't care how much my team suffers. His ass is suspended for the rest of the year. I'm sorry. Well, they'll pay. I'm sorry. If you can do that, if you can't, then just suspend them. Because that's not a good look. That that is. I mean, I just can't even fathom doing that. Yeah. I have a license to carry. I cannot go on a bar with a gun on me. Yeah, you, you, you don't bring it to the strip club with you, Steve, when you go <laughs> when you're out there when you're over at the. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what they're called anymore. Is the glass slipper still? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is it really? It's oh, still there? We were there last week, Arkan. Stop. You, oh, don't tell, <laughs> tell people that. Yeah, can't bring your gun in there, unfortunately. Um, you know what? It's one thing to do it. It's one thing to go to the club, bring your gun. It's another thing to tape yourself waving it around and put it on the internet. The selfie thing <laughs> is absolutely I mean? crazy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the same thing I think about those January 6th dudes. It's like, it's one thing to commit the crime. It's another thing to be like, I'm committing the crime. Woo! Hey, what's up, everybody? Look at me. <laughs> Why? Obviously, he was hammered. Like he was definitely wasted. But still, like that's one of those ones where you wake up with the hangover the next morning, and you're like, "Oh, where are my keys? Oh, where are my shoes? Oh, what did I post on the internet last night? <laughs> like, oh god. Oh man, that was me. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I hope I didn't flash the guy. Oh, I flashed the gun. Ah, oh, Jesus. I'm getting the phone call. Wasn't he just <laughs> fine too for making like a gun with his hands in a game? I didn't know that. I thought John I Moran was that. doing finger guns, not like the cool yeah. kind, though. Not like the car salesman kind, like the bad guy kind. <laughs> Again, this guy's this guy's off the rails. All right, John Moran is off the rails. You don't. This isn't a guy who you you talk about like he's just some normal guy. Like this is a guy who feel, in his brain feels like he has something to prove about himself personally. It has nothing to do with basketball. It has nothing to do with that. This is why. This is what he you know he thinks it takes to be. 
a man or something. I don't know, but it's uh, it's it's way off the rails with him. And yeah. it's, it's a shame, too, because, again, I love watching him play. Million-dollar fine for doing a finger gun celebration during a game against the Rockets. Guy likes his guns, huh? <sighs> well, guns will get you in trouble, boy. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, let's go to Lou in the car. Hey, Lou. Hey, what's going on, Arkan? What's happening, Lou? Hey, I just wanted to know if you you think Mikhail Bridges is legit. Like, after this trade, he's been killing it with the Nets. Still a Still might make the playoffs. Still might do their thing. I mean, and oh yeah, John Morant's a goofball. I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, that's that's uh, pretty stupid. Yeah, it is, Lou. Thanks for the call, uh, Mikael Bridges. I mean, listen, do I think he can carry a team through a deep playoff run? No, I don't think he's built like that. I think he's a good player and a great complement to a you know strong team. Obviously, he was killing. What he was thirteen of twenty two last night. He was awesome. Like, legitimately awesome last night. Um, and that was, you know, that was sort of upsetting to watch that. Especially in the set. You're watching in the second half. This guy's just drilling shots in your face. Getting to the free throw line. Getting rebounds. He was doing everything out there. And he's not like some big, menacing, imposing guy. He's like 6'6", 200. Like, you know what I mean? He's like a skinny 6'6 guy. But, boy, he can really defend. His lateral defensive, I mean, he's really excellent at that. And when he gets a scoring going, too, he looks like a special guy. He really does. Um, but do I think he's legit in the sense that, you know, the Nets are now going to be a good team because of him? I think he's going to surprise some people. I think he's going to have some more games like this, maybe, if he's the primary scoring option. And uh, you don't have guys like Kyrie and Durant around hogging the ball up. But, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I don't I don't think that that's in the cards for him or for that team. It was a nice win for them last night, and the Celtics need to get their head out of their asses collectively. But uh, I'm not sure that that's, uh, that's something you have to worry about in terms of, you know, the playoffs and beyond. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. Uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls next. Covering Boston sports and beyond, we're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Quarter of five here, Boston Sports Original, WEEI, it's Arkan. You know what I was noticing? I was driving around the other day. You don't see a lot of radio station bumper stickers anymore. You notice that? When we were kids, every car had one pretty Every much. car had like a bunch of them. Every single like station the person listened to, they have this thing up there. Because there's always people out ha- handing them out. And I think people still hand them out. I just feel like people aren't putting them on their cars anymore. I don't see yeah, I don't see sports up. I hardly see anything. Except for one. There's one radio station bumper sticker that I see every day, and it's Try God, 1060 AM. I swear to God, I see it every day. I don't know if maybe I'm on the same um, uh, commute schedule as some as like the Jesus people or what. I don't know what it is. But 1060 AM, they have the sticker game in Boston, the bumper sticker radio game on lockdown. No one's, no one's close to them. I swear to God, I see 1060 Try God every day. Maybe it's just the same car, and I keep seeing it because we're the same commuters coming from the same place. That's entirely possible. That is a thing that happens. But I feel like it's multiple car. I feel like it's all over the place. Once in a while, I'll see yeah, Once in a great while, I'll see a sports up. That's about it. But I'll tell you, every day I see Try God 1060. I don't know what it is. It's a good sticker. Very beige, just black with white letters. That's all it is. And it's not even saying, you know, listen. Listen to my show. No, it's just Try God. Try it. Try it, come on, try God. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a thing that's happening right now. When I when we were kids, you're right. 
I mean, entire the the whole back of the car was wallpapered with these radio station bumper stickers. I started my radio career with uh, WAF, and they had the famous "Wow." Of course, yeah. yeah. For that thing you did on Wednesdays. Yeah, that's right. That thing, yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was an Opie and Anthony thing, right? I believe so. Yeah, yes. I think they started yes. that. And then they took it like I know my cousins in New Jersey when Opie and Anthony were uh syndicated, they were telling me about WOWs. <laughs> which it was I don't even everywhere. know. Are we allowed to even mention Opie and Anthony? Remember when they got in trouble because they said the mayor died? Yeah, <laughs> like, the famous Menina. That was a whole thing. <laughs> they got fired for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was bad. And they went to New York. And they encourage people, I think, to make love in a church or something. And some people, like when I tell them that story, they're like, "What? You know, what's the big deal?" Like, but back then there was no internet. There was no so you know for yeah. like the whole day, people thought Mayor Menino had died in a car crash. Yeah, that was that was I remember that. And apparently, his family was very upset about it too. Well, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a that's a wild prank. I mean that is really that's a wild prank to pull in the city. Um, or anywhere, really. I mean, <laughs> even for the time that it was, like that was that was a wild one. Unfortunately, Anthony's—I don't know if you've seen what he's been talking about. Off lately. the deep end, way off the deep end. But uh, yeah, there was there was a time, there was a time in this city where radio station bumper stickers ruled the world. Every car had one. And I now got it's to, just try God. That's it. We got to bring Anthony back. It was like the last year at WAF. Oh, we, really? We brought him back to interview him. Yeah. And this was after he'd already started with the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, let's go to the phones then, because a lot of people still want to talk about the Celtics. And uh, we'll start things off with Benny in Cambridge. Hi, Benny. Hey, what's going on, brother? What's up, Benny? So I got a few points here. So I know a lot of guys are calling in saying, oh, the Celtics playing down to their opponents, whatever the case may be. Sure. When it comes to, when it comes to a series, it's going to be very difficult for any team in the league right now to beat the Celtics in four games. That's just the way I see it. You know what I mean? And uh, to make another point on um, what you're talking about, about John Morant, I see a lot of similarities with, between him and um, Allen Iverson. You know, a lot of... A lot yeah, of you know, Benny, that's up. interesting. Scal said that. Scal brought up that exact same name. Why do you think he's like Iverson? Just because, I mean, Iverson, the way he plays, his excitement, the way he kind of revolutionized the game, and, like, you know, his, his demeanor on the court and off the court, unfortunately, but we all know he's, he's dealing with a lot of issues off the court. And, I mean, Allen Iverson seems to go to a lot of the same things, you know? Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Benny. Appreciate that. I think Iverson had a tougher upbringing than John Murray. I don't want to speak out of turn here because, again, I don't know everything about both of them. But I think I think Iverson had a tougher child. I think he was his situation was a different one than John Morant's was. I think. We're talking about practice. That's <laughs> still one of the all-time greats. Plus, he was wearing a Red Sox hat. When he went on that rant, a lot of people don't know. There's a little trivia question. I didn't know that. He's wearing a, like an, a throwback Red Sox hat. Uh, one of the all-time great. I loved Allen Iverson so much. Oh man, he was so much fun to watch. And you know what? There's a lot. You're right. There's a lot. Like Iverson wasn't a dunker like Morant is. Iverson was a, all handles and jump shots and layups and stuff like that. And like he dunked once in a while, but not very often. I remember he used to dunk in college. Iverson could dunk in Gallup when he was at Georgetown. He was he was dunking back then, but not so much in the NBA. But and that's sort of what Morant's mostly known for. But I do I do agree that there's a uh, there there's some similarities there. But I don't think I mean even Iverson like he got in some trouble. He had like a domestic thing. I think I don't know. I don't want to compare these things, but like it's just I I understand the comparison. Scalabrini said the same thing. Scalabrini said, you know, Morant, he sort of reminds me of Iverson and the way this is all kind of going down right now. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, you start thinking about guys in different eras and uh, great players who squandered a great opportunity. 
And there's examples of it. There's examples of it all up and down. And sometimes it's, you know, injuries and things like that. Sometimes it's guys who just can't get their act together. And John Morant's starting to look like a guy who cannot get his act together. Um, let's try Sam in Providence before the top of the hour. Hey, Sam. How we doing? How we doing? What's up? Uh, I was wondering, it's been a few weeks since Kyrie got traded down to the Mavs. Do we think that that was the wrong move? They've been struggling. They're falling out of the playoff picture. And if it is the wrong move, who do you think they should have gone for instead? Uh, the Mavericks? Well, I don't think it was necessarily a terrible move for them. I think uh, at some point you got to get Luka somebody. Is it going to knock them out of the playoffs? I'll have to check and see where they are in the standings because I don't. I know that they've lost like five out of their last six, something like that. But they're the sixth seed. They're the sixth seed and would have to fall. They'd have to fall pretty far. Actually, not that far. There's only three games separating the Dallas Mavericks and the sixth seed and the Lakers who are on the outside of the play-in tournament looking in. The Lakers are not a playoff team right now. They're 15 games back. Dallas is 12 back. I mean, listen, there's a lot of teams in between them, obviously. There's Minnesota, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Pelicans, all that. But uh, was that was that a bad move? I mean, I thought it was kind of a weird move at the time if you're not going to extend them. But I also think eventually you have to show Luka Doncic that you're willing to put a great player with him because so far he's been trying to do this all by himself or you know, with Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie and those guys, which, again, no disrespect to them, but... A little different when it's Kyrie. One thing that's funny about that is I remember when the Celtics, it was Luka's rookie year. The Celtics played the Mavericks. I want to say it was in Dallas, but maybe it was in Boston. And Luka crossed Kyrie and hit a jumper right in his face and then started, like, talking to him. Like, yeah, what's up? You know, like, and I remember Kyrie was sort of running back, getting back on defense, and he was like, whoa, is this guy talking to me? <laughs> and Luka was right in his face. And at the time, Luka was considered this prospect you know these european guys in their rookie year you never really know how good they're gonna be you'd think some of them might be okay some of them really suck uh there's examples of guys that went early in the draft too and they just you know they just couldn't do it andrea bargnani and some of those guys i mean there's there's plenty of examples like that so with luke in his rookie year you weren't quite sure what he was yet and i remember watching him doing that you know he had this like hair combed over crossing up Kyrie. i'm like who is this guy and now he's one of the best players in the league and now they're teammates now they can just cross each other up in practice all day long, which is really all Kyrie does anymore. You know, Kyrie Irving, after he hit that shot in Cleveland, and which was an unbelievable shot, by the way, uh, to win that series, Kyrie's been kind of a loser. He was a loser with the Celtics. He's a loser with the Nets. And he hasn't been with the Mavericks very long, but he's been kind of a loser with them so far, too. And that's not me saying I don't like the guy. That's me just looking objectively at what his teams have done since he got there. He doesn't make them better. Uh, and he leaves them in disarray every single time. I mean, that's that's a fact. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. All right, there's your basketball hour. We got to talk about these Bruins. We got to well, maybe devote a whole hour to these Bruins because what they're doing is just unbelievable. This week for the Bruins was unbelievable. All the trades that got made, the Pasternak extension, Linus Allmark, everything. We'll do all things Bruins next hour. That's coming up right after these words.